comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is Logan Stump. What's up, Jordan Wiegand? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Logan Stump. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I think we should just start calling each other that. <laughs> Instead of just the first name, just start going, Hey, Jordan Wiegand, I got a question for you. Yeah, just the just the full name. <laughs> I think our middle names are the same, though, right? Is your middle name Thomas? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's right <laughs> yep. It's adorable. It is. Yeah. Uh, you stole mine, though. I was born first. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, speaking of born first, Jordan, uh, how's the knee, man? You icing it up? Is it uh, <laughs> to go? Are you fit to play in the next match? <laughs> You know, once you turn 30, everything starts breaking down. I was, so my neighbor's house caught fire yesterday, uh, which was, uh, so I come home from the grocery store to people like, make sure you get your kids, your, your, like your dogs and your wife out of the house. So we get them out of the house before it spreads. And it never ended up spreading. It was contained. Fire engines got there pretty quick. Everything's fine. Everybody over there is fine. But um, then, you know, I'd left the groceries in the car for like an hour, which was fine it's cold outside so there wasn't actually any spoilage or anything but i then start bringing them in you know and like one is to do i bring everything in in one trip <laughs> why not right i'm not taking multiple <laughs> trips if i can so uh then i just feel something go in my knee as i was going up the steps um it feels better today after like resting and i worked from home so i didn't have to worry about like walking around the office and driving and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it's all downhill from here is the, the way I understand it. I mean, it, is your softball career in danger? I know it was in jeopardy. No, your shoulder injury. no it's a good skin shape. No, I think I, I, it feels pretty sturdy today. Mm-hmm. It was funny because, like, I actually have knee issues in my right knee. This was my left knee. So mm. kind of uh, – hate to see that. You really yeah. do. When, when you've got a guy that's gotten down one knee and then that other knee starts to go, it's, it's usually the end of the career, man. And I, I'm yeah, well, you know, I, I'm always frustrated. Why am I never healthy? You know, <laughs> why can't we get this team going? You know, that's that's what I'm. That's why I haven't made the U.S. men's team. Just never healthy for it. That's what happens when you try to carry too much weight on your back. Uh, I've heard that the knees, yes, yeah, the back's soon to go. <laughs> uh, but no, other than that, I feel I feel okay. 
So we'll we'll see. Um, it was nice working from home today, though. It's the first time in a little bit. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, how are you? I'm good. You're Everything's healthy. Right? Yeah, every, yeah, I was off today. President's Day. Happy President's Day to oh, those presidents that are out there. No, we were um, not off today. Yeah, it's really weird to me. Like, I think because I'm so used to the school calendar that I'm, I'm so used to getting school holidays off. So I just assume other people are off too. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you have the day off. And they're like, why? Because of President's Day. <laughs> but it's weird because then people have off like, you know, they'll have off Good Friday or they'll have off like Tax Day or something crazy. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why are you off certain days that, you know? Yeah, we're off Good Friday, but we're not off on President's Day. It's wild. So you don't celebrate the presidents. That's That's understandable. Yeah, we do not. Um, we the the president we celebrate is the president of Stateside Soccer Show, which is me. <laughs> my day today. Good it's Lord. my day. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to eat some. You know what I got before we start actually talking soccer too. I was just down in Florida. You know, I didn't get to see Logan though. Uh, but I was down in Florida for a trip, and uh, they have these like Minnie Mouse Graham cookies down mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I went through three bags. <laughs> went through three bags down there, and then I bought like regular honey graham crackers, oh, uh, and I was like, "No, I need to get back." So I was looking up like how to get those shipped to me because I'm looking to get the Minnie Mouse graham cookies shipped to me now because I'm I'm in need of my fix. It's too bad that you don't know anybody down in the area that could. Uh, That's true. You could send you. it. You could send it to me, but I, I could literally to... have it sent to the parks too. Like I could have Ashley just do it. That's true. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to like you know have anybody go other way. But yeah, it's fine. We're we're at the parks more than. So if you ever are at the parks and you see a bag, just pick up a bag or two, ship them over to me. I'll Venmo you. <laughs> you want to give them the address? <laughs> I was talking You're about you. Box? But, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If we get a PO box, I will. <laughs> I will openly take <laughs> Minnie Mouse Graham cookies donations you know what's bad if we ever got to a point where people are shipping us stuff we're just gonna end up with like hundreds of those things so <laughs> like, i could go get them for like... like years from now and we're like famous and they're like shipping us these yeah uh but let's talk who we're going to be covering today uh so we are covering toronto we are covering orlando fc dallas and the la galaxy next episode we'll be talking the last four teams portland sporting uh kc vancouver and nashville and then thursday we'll be going live around 7 7 15 ish to do our prediction show so there we go and then uh yeah there's um then the season starts on saturday so we're almost we're almost there i can't believe we're this close I mean, it, it, it seems like just yesterday we closed up shop and, and head off to the offseason, but now it's it's back, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a busy 1 o'clock on Saturday all the way to the, you know, the end of the day Sunday, so excited for the matchups. Yeah, uh, yeah, it should be, should be good. I guess we'll review. Well, I know we talked about the matchups, I think, a week or two ago. I don't know. One of the episodes recently we talked about the, what matchups and what channels they're on. We'll probably talk about it again on Thursday and maybe do some predictions of those as well. Uh, so I guess we can get into it. We're going to get into Toronto, 13th in the East last year, 
39 goals scored, 66 goals allowed. That's the most, right? No, Cincinnati had 72. Oh, that's right. They had 72. <laughs> if they didn't have record-breaking numbers, Toronto would have been the worst. But, you know, Cincinnati's <laughs> always going for broke. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, to some people, they're getting in the playoffs this year. Yeah. And, and the union are going to miss out. So uh, that that's some of the some of the stuff going around on Twitter. Uh, so really tough year last year for Chris Armas and Toronto. Very tough year for Chris Armas that he actually didn't see it out. Um, <laughs> Javier Perez became the interim manager. Gave up a ton of goals. That lack of depth. They ostracized Josie during the Chris Armas reign. A.O. Akinola was injured and out most of the year. Jonathan Osorio is their highest goal scorer. No consistency in their starting 11. Uh, no creation in the attack. The midfield is not good, but it seems like a lot of people are really high on this team this year. And that comes down to one man, Bob Bradley. Hired as the head coach and the sporting director uh, not long after he left LAFC, um, where, as we've talked about in the LAFC preview, he won the Supporter Shield in 2019, CONCACAF Champions League final in 2020. Um, you know, he's been the U.S. men's team manager. He's won a Gold Cup. He made a final for the Confederations Cup, where they lost to Brazil. Uh, they beat Spain in that run. Made it to the round of 16 in the 2010 World Cup. And now he's also had extensive experience in uh, other club teams. Chicago Fire, he won an MLS Cup there in their first season. He's been the manager of the New York Metro Stars, Chivas USA, the Egyptian national team, Stabek over in Norway. I remember following Stabek back then. Uh, La Havre, uh, if I said that right, in France, and Swansea City for a quick minute in the EPL. Uh, so let's let's talk Bra- Bob Bradley then and why we think that this can maybe change the course of Toronto, who went from, uh, what was it, second, second place Supporter Shield finish mm-hmm. in 2020 to 13th the following year after Greg Vanny left. So why are we so high on, uh, and why are most people so high, Logan, on the fact that Toronto can turn it around with Bob Bradley? So, I mean, I think a lot of it stems from just his success that they've seen initially with clubs. And that's seen, that tends to be his, his best thing. Uh, His best attribute is taking a club that kind of has just kind of spiraled out of control or is brand new, or is just trying to find its way through a league. Uh, He he does a nice job of picking the pieces up, collecting the pieces, cleaning house. And then, you know, he's like one of those guys you bring in, um, in a lot of different corporations and organizations where he's kind of like the cleaner or, or, you know, he's going to come out there and chop people up and clean out whatever it is that he needs to clean out. That isn't working. I think Bob Bradley is, somebody that's going to do that. Um, I think it's interesting that they kind of go out and their first move is to get rid of Josie. Then they have to figure out the issues that were going on with Jefferson uh, Soteldo, who many thought was, you know, when they brought him over last year, that this was going to do a complete 360 for the team. Uh, ended up actually being worse than what they expected just because he'd been a disaster and a half, you know, getting into arguments in the tunnels, um, really not performing well, not showing up to training at times. I mean, there's been issues 
that have been rude about Soteldo and on all the issues that he had on and off the pitch. So it was just, you know, it's Bob's job to come in and clean house. I think he's very good at that. I think he's very good at, you know, not being as, I mean, this is kind of where he kind of falls off the charts too. Um, when it comes to teams, when this is why he gets ostracized himself, I think at times is that while he is really good at cleaning up a mess, he's also really good at severing ties and relationships at times, I think. Um, if you look back at his past, and I, I think it's interesting because, uh, you know, a lot of people want to talk about his successes, and he did really well with LAFC. Um, he takes them to being one of the most dominant teams that we've seen in uh, MLS history. Um, back in, what was it, 2019 with Vela, and he tore up the league together when he was coaching. But I think a, a thing that what a lot of people don't realize is Bob Stent. I mean, this this is this is probably going to be up until the end of Michael, um, and I don't know how much longer Michael plans to play, but I can only imagine it'll be a couple or three more years. Once Michael's done, I think Bob's done, um, at least at this level. I don't know if he decides to go elsewhere or what he does, you know, after this. I, I don't know if he's got interest in other leagues or interest in national jobs again because he does like to dip his toe. But um, they're excited because Bob's, you know, Bob's Bob. Bob's going to come in. He's going to clean it up. He's going to make these players um, fit. He's going to get them into a, a – a, a, he's going to get them to a level where they can compete and be a really good team in this league might take a couple months, a couple years to get them back to where they belong. But I think this is the right hire if you're trying to turn a program around. Um, and then just like he normally does in about 180 games, roughly average. I mean, they, or not average, that's pretty much the cap that he's been anywhere. Uh, I think, you know, three or four years and we're looking at somebody else in Toronto. But Bob's going to do Bob. And I think that's that's what this team needs because it was just such a disaster. It's kind of what Cincinnati needs too. <laughs> they kind of, you know, there's a lot of teams out there where he could be just the cleanup man where he needs to come in and clean teams up. But that's what they're looking for in this, Jordan. I know you've had a lot more experience watching Bob, but doesn't it seem like he's, you know, he's in real quick, he's out real quick, and he fixes a program to win again, and that's that. Um, I think you're selling him a bit short with that. I, I do think that he can uh, – I mean, most managers don't last that long. I think I think when you're looking at the Jim Curtins and the, you know, Ben Olsons, who, uh, who definitely overstayed his welcome, um, I, I think that, you know, I, I think with, with the fire, he was there five years, Metro Stars three, Chivas for one, but then he gets kind of right into the U.S. under 23s and then – the u.s team so he probably could have stayed longer with chivas but you know usa called came calling um then he tried to get egypt to a world cup which really still nobody has done and he got really close with that and then he tried going over to europe and he had success there and once swansea kind of dumped him it's over to lafc where he spent 2017 through 2021 a lot of that 2017 through you know, before before the season start, before they actually started playing, was you know setting up the team and, and everything like that. I think that I don't think he's done when Michael goes. I think Michael could even leave Toronto and Bob stays and and uh, probably sees it out for for a while. But I do think at one point he's going to get bored and he's going to move on to another project. But uh, I think L- I think he could have even stayed at LAFC, but they just kind of had. I, I don't know. They they just kind of lost it, I think. You know, I'm not so sure that's on him. I, I think they had a very tough year with the injuries. I mean, maybe there was some 
stuff there. But he's only 63, and in managerial years, that's still relatively young. Um, I don't see him hanging up soon. But, yeah, maybe maybe four years with TFC if everything goes well, and then maybe he picks another team that he can kind of right the ship with. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he kind of goes to a New York team since he's from New mm. Jersey. You know, I you know, kind of going back to Metro Stars, which are now the Red Bulls, or um, I don't know if he would ever go to NYCFC. Uh, I think that I don't know if they would really want him, but um, I could definitely see like a Red Bulls or something like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be around a while, and I think he's what TFC needs. I, I kind of equate this to the Greg Vanny bump that LA kind of saw, where they looked a little bit more. Uh, with it you know last year and then you know if it wasn't for injuries for uh la galaxy they'd probably make the playoffs which would have been huge for them um so yeah i don't know i think that uh i i think i think it's in good hands i i think tfc is in good hands uh i mean when you look at their list of people that have left though it's a lot right just contracts declining and or expiring patrick mullins who i hope can make it uh he's you know i he's from maryland like he played for maryland uh terrapins and he uh you know i had run in with him and uh when he played for oh geez orlando i guess it was Mm -hmm. uh orlando versus dc u.s open cup rainy day with lightning got a game delayed for two hours you know they're warming back up and i had a nice conversation with patrick mullen so i'm hoping he uh, can make it in the league still. He's kind of been a journeyman. Um, they're going to lose Rocco Romeo, Kevin Silva, Eric Zavaleta, Julian Dunn, Nick DeLeon, uh, Tsubasa Endo, uh, Liam Frazier, Erickson Gallardo, Justin Morrow, who retired, Omar Gonzalez, who signed as a free agent with the Revs, Richie Larea, who's going to Nottingham Forest, Dom Dwyer, who got traded to FC Dallas, and then they bought out his contract, and then he is now going to be signing with Atlanta. Apparently, they haven't announced that yet, but it's coming soon. Mark Delgado, traded to LA Galaxy. Soteldo, transferred to Tigres. Josie Altador, contract buyout, going to the Revs. And uh, Oro, going on loan to Santos. But in, they've brought in Shane O'Neill. They've brought in Insigne who's going to be coming in the summer, and that's exciting. Uh, homegrown of Luca Petrasso. Uh, Io Akinola is re-signed as a U22 player. DeAndre Kerr is a homegrown forward. Uh, Greg <laughs> Ranjit, uh, Ranjit Singh yeah. uh, is a signing that was made. Lucas McNaughton signed from Pacific FC. Carlos, uh, Carlos Salcedo from Tigres and Jesus Jimenez from Gornik Zabrez. Uh, so, I mean, they're bringing in some quality. They've lost a lot, but a lot of their lost is just kind of like a, not like their main players. No, really. So death. yeah, I think that they'll be okay. Um, but yeah, they, they lost a few, but you know, I think the Insigne and Carlos Salcedo, I think you trade in most of those players for those two. No doubt about it. Yeah, when you look at Carlos Salcedo, played with RSL, so he knows the league, not a lot, but he 
you know, he had time when he was younger to play with them. I think it was 25 matches in total that he ended up playing with RSL. Um, did start some, but again, it, that was back when RSL, what that had been back when RSL were good, I want to say. So he's had success with, you know, different teams. And then going down and playing with Tigres um, is really nice. Um, I mean, if you look at Tigres, they're one of the, you know, the well-known teams in Liga MX, and he was one of the more successful center backs in that league. So, you know, I think that's an exciting signing. But like you said, I mean, adding different pieces that they had to go and add. Shane O'Neill is pretty important, adding him, coming over as a free agent. I think he was with Seattle um, last year. So two decent signings defensively. Um, but again, I think that the biggest one that everybody wants to talk about, Jordan, and I'll ask you this, um, Lorenzo Insigne, who's coming over from Napoli, that's a huge signing for – you know what it was worth. It was a lot of money, but I think that Toronto is always been has always been a team that's willing to if they find the right player to spend money. So, I mean, it's an exciting move, right? I think when you look at you know Lorenzo, he, he's kind of come off of what he was with uh, with Italy. I think when they won Euros um, back in the day, but uh, you know they were a strong team and he played really well for the Italian national team. Still plays for the Italian national team, but he's going to get to come over in the summer. That's a huge signing. I mean it. it is it is that the start, Jordan, of guys coming over that are still kind of in their prime? I mean, he's still in an age where I think he's very much still at the very edge of his prime. It could mean, you know, a lot of these guys look over here, especially a lot of Italian guys that go, you know what, that looks like the league I could play in. I wouldn't say it's the start. I think I think if I ever had to point at the start, it's it's the Giovinco move yeah. in twenty fifteen for Toronto. And this is just seems like a better version of that because mm-hmm. while Giovinco was uh, a great player and a good move. He was not the name that Insigne was. Like right. Giovinco was not like starting for Juventus all the time. So like this is uh, this is bigger than that. But I I think if we're gonna trace back to the start of it, sure. Now is this maybe the revitalization of it where maybe more moves like that happen more frequently? Maybe I don't know. Um, but I really see the Giovinco move as kicking off a lot of the big moves that have happened, you know, even like the kind of young Argentine, you know, DPs that we've been signing while Giovinco was older at that point, he's kind of around the same age that Insigne was at this time. And uh, so I kind of see it as a continuation of that, but just a bigger name. So I think, I think that's the progress MLS has to make, right? Is now you take Insigne and you say, all right, cool. And then we kind of push forward that maybe another five, six years from now, it's a bigger name in the prime, even bigger than Insigne that comes over here, you know, mm-hmm. and like a messy in his prime yeah. type of move that eventually that starts pushing the ball even more into our direction. But um, it's a huge move. I mean, it, it definitely is uh, the fact that he's willing to come over here and, you know, Euro champion coming over not long after the Euros, like a year after the Euros, and wanting to play here uh, is great. And the fact that Toronto are always willing to shell out that money is is great news, and I wish more teams uh, would. It's going to be fun to watch. They're 31 years old when he comes over, so he's coming over this summer. Um, and that's been – that's been the biggest thing when we've been uh, when I was doing some of these notes and stuff, and when you and I have been talking about Toronto together back and forth in our chat. Like, I, I think it's it's a huge signing, but it'll be interesting to see where Toronto is sitting when he comes and if he can kind of adjust to this league. Obviously, that's always the case, and 
I had a back and forth with somebody on Twitter again today that was more of like, you know, I'm tired of these 31 year olds coming over here. It's this is turning it back into the retirement league. And I, I, I don't see it that way. I see it more as like, these guys are coming over here because they see opportunity here. Still, it is a competitive league. They wouldn't come over here if it wasn't competitive. I think the Iguain's found that out. I, you know, I think guys like Rooney, um, guys like Chicharito, uh, Zlatan even said that these leagues are a lot different than what they thought they were. And I think that's a huge reflection of how well this league is done and, you know, what it's continuing to become. And now we're probably one of the best leagues as far as becoming, you know, we're up and coming as one of the best leagues to sell young players. We sell a lot of young players. And I just saw one today, actually, uh, one of the kids that was, I think, a 15-year-old. I want to say he was in one of the academy systems, I want to guess Dallas because that sounds right all the time. But he was a in a U, U academy player, U fifteen, and he's currently going on trial with Barcelona or not Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and it sounds like he's going to make the team. So, you know, it, it's not it, while there are some younger, older people coming over here, it's also very young still. Yeah, and look, it, it's all about balance. You know, mm-hmm. nobody was calling Italy a uh, retirement league when Zlatan went there. Right, mm-hmm. but they called it that when he came to LA. It's because of the perception, and now the perception is, you know, when when you're kind of exporting all of these players, and then you're also bringing in some high quality players, the perception changes, and that's why I'm still not going to be like, oh, we can't have Ronaldo or Messi come here at 35, 37, 38 years old, because we can. And guess what? Nothing will change. We'll still be it's not going to make it a retirement league. We're still going to be producing, you know, the 20 year olds that go overseas and we're still going to be bringing in the 30 year olds like Insigne, but it, it's just room for everyone. Would people be saying Messi? Would it, okay. Would it be a retirement league if Messi went to the EPL at 38? Mm-hmm. No, it wouldn't. So it doesn't make a difference here. It's because we just have that history of older players coming here that people do that. But if you look at the more recent transfers and the more recent history that's not the case and um there's room for all of these players the player the older players the younger players the medium players you know the prime players so i i don't think that that would be a a bad move and i think uh you know and the thing is too i think people almost look at fifa too much where they say oh he's 31 like even people try to say insignia is too old now and i'm like what are you talking about? 31? He's he's like young. For even a player, that's in a prime. You know, like it's not like you hit 30 and your knees give out. That's me. All right. It's not, <laughs> not players that are professionally playing. Okay. Six goals this year. Um, it will be interesting to see if, you know, yeah, he might be on it. But if you look at his stats too, it's always funny to me. It's like every other year he has a really good year. So that would make the this cycle with MLS, one of his successful years. I do think he'll do well in this league um, just because I, I think a change of scenery is always nice. And I think when they come over, it's kind of like they're rejuvenated to prove that, you know, that they do belong uh, on every part of the world game. So, yeah, I'm excited. It's a, it's a huge signing. And I think a huge day for the MLS, just because every day that we get one of these guys that are high profile that come over from one of the European leagues, it continues to grow the brand of MLS and then guys, you know, like you said, Jordan, it's, it's it's like that whenever they go back to the national team camps and they start talking about, hey, man, this league is this league's really good. I think you and I had this conversation really early on last year when we were talking about 
it's good when some of these U.S. men's national team players come back over here and are talking to young players. But it's also good when those players go back to the EPL and say, hey, look, listen to what this academy team's doing over in the U.S. And I, and think, then, I think Insigne it, talked to Giovinco. He did, it. yeah. He, he uh, called I mean, Giovinco, like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, th- there's obviously, like, that's why the Giovinco move was good. So now if somebody contacts Insigne and he has a good time here, that helps the next generation of Italians come over. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like a domino effect that will eventually continue to, to come this way because, one, the paychecks don't bounce. There's been issues in other leagues where they can't get paid on time or they can't get paid at all. I know that's happened in Brazil before. Mm-hmm. And that's why some of the Brazilians have come over here is because they're like, okay, well, if I'm actually going to get paid, you know, like, that's good. I don't have to worry about fighting to get my paycheck. I'm going to get it. It's going to deposit right in my account on Thursdays or Fridays like it should. Like, uh, And that could be, you know, with Europe, some of those might have those issues too because you're looking at clubs like Darby, who's in right. administration. You know, like there, there's issues overseas with their structure that is not an issue here that helps maybe be a lure for some of those players. Safer cities, not as violent. The You know, some of the players have issues – I know they've always had issues in South America and in the Caribbean islands with professional baseball players because their families are often attacked. Because yeah, of, get like ransomed or something. Yeah, yeah, all the time. So, I mean, and that's what like – David the Ortiz initial, was shot down there, right? right? Yeah, yeah, Yadier Molina's uh, – I think when I, I want to say his sister. Uh, the Molina's sister was kidnapped and held a ransom and was almost killed. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a concern, and that's why – the conversation came up today on Twitter because Neymar has now come out and said that he would like to play in the MLS. And I, I think that that, you know, it's it sparked a lot of attention on Twitter and people, you know, Neymar has got that rap of just destroying locker rooms and stuff, just because I think what people assume about him, but I don't think people actually know what he's all about. I mean, I mean, every team he's been with, <laughs> it's not like they're bad teams. Um, it's just yeah, really I, I think that stuff's overblown by people that don't like Neymar because yes. if you look at how Messi loves Neymar, yeah. right? Well, like they all do. Yeah, they, they love him. Thiago. So there must be something in, you know, they were trying to get him back at Barcelona. So like, mm-hmm. there must be something about him that people are drawn to in the locker room. Yeah, he's young too. He's a young kid, but he he did. He said, "I would love to play in MLS." And he had they asked him about Brazil, and he goes, "Yeah, it'd be cool to go back to Santos, where he's from." And go, I'd like to play there. But then he also said, you know, I really have to look out for my family and the future of my family. My family would be more successful in the United States, was basically what he said. So it was, it, it, it is, it's, it's cool that those players are now without Giovinco, without Insigne, without Zlatan, without, you know, these guys coming back, it would never have gotten the attention. And I think it all stems from when all those U.S. guys came back from, after they've had a successful stand at the World Cups, and they're like, "Hey, this it is actually stems from Beckham." I, th- yeah. I think we draw a, yeah. that. That was if if we never got Beckham over here for the Galaxy, That's it true. would never have done. It never would have been this way. Um, we would still be irrelevant. Uh, that that's just the unfortunate truth. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um. All right, uh, let's move on, right? Are we, are we good with Toronto? We'll talk where we actually have them placed on Thursday. Yeah, I'm good with them. I think we've covered everything. All right, now we're going over to your Lions, Orlando. Six in the <laughs> your East Lion. is where they finished. 49 goals scored, 48 allowed, so pretty even goal differential. Um, so they've lost a lot. All right, Chris Mueller, free transfer, Tyburnian, 
Pato left but was re-signed, right? His contract expired. They re-signed him. Daryl DK to West Brom. Uh, Nani, they declined his option, so he went over and joined Venezia. And then uh, a whole lot of players that that didn't actually play a lot, right? You know, like Alex yeah, Freeman, I mean, Holmgren, Greer yourself played some. Derek uh, Dodson, Jordan Bender, right? Like uh, yeah. Yuri Rossell was signed by Sporting. Um, but in, they bring in uh, Cesar Harajo uh, from Montevideo uh, Wanderers. Pato is back and re-signed. Facundo Torres signed from Penarol. Ercon Cara transferred from Rapid Vienna. And uh, the Alex Freeman homegrown, I guess, was signed again. You have him in exiting and Yeah, uh, accidentally had him in. Yeah. Okay. So he's just promoted from the home. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the problems last year was defense, right? Especially when Galese was not in. Uh, not in. And then you had, I think, a big problem with goal scoring when DK was not here and Pato was injured. So what, as a Orlando fan, are you excited about for this season and what you think they can improve on? And then what do you think is the biggest worry for them? I mean, I guess I'll start with kind of reflecting on last year. What really didn't work was, uh, I think, one, you had a whole stretch there. Yeah, let's, the whole... let's structure it like a preview. Yeah. Uh, reflect on 2021, Logan. <laughs> Yeah, so reflecting back on 2021, Jordan, Jordan Weekend, uh, 2021, it started out really well. I mean, we were one of the top defenses in the league. We were constantly sitting up there, one, two, three, one, two, three. It was kind of that battle of like, can we get to the one spot, hold the one spot? We never could quite get there because the Rebs were sitting there and sitting pretty at that time um, when we were playing well and the Philadelphia Union weren't around and NYCFC were kind of all the way down to the bottom of the playoff bracket. Like it, it really was going extremely well um the defense looked like it was going to hold we didn't have um joao Matinho back on on that side uh, on the left side so i mean it, it all was going extremely well and then i can remember it because i was at the game when Juan got hurt that's when it all started to kind of come crashing down uh and then pedro played in i don't know what it was like it, i forget what exactly what it was but he was the peruvian national team it might have been Gold Cup or I don't know. Uh, what it I was. think it was just um, qualifiers. Maybe it was it? just qualifying. Yeah. Anyway, he was with the Yeah, he was with the Peruvian national team, and then when he came back, he wasn't completely fit, so they didn't play him. And when you had Mason Studehar in there, and we had Brandon Austin at one time, whose back was Spurs off of the loan, it was just not good. We went through a spell there where we were just collecting, you know, one point here, one point there. We weren't collecting any wins. It was like draw city, and we lost quite a bit on the road. So. It was really tough to kind of watch. It was kind of those summer months when uh, the national teams were all playing and collecting players off of our team. DK came back from his loan um, when he was with Barnsley, and he was – I think he was fit enough to play, Jordan, but I just think that they did what was smart. Yeah, he was exhausted because he had played – what was that, like 18 or 19 months straight or something crazy? Yeah, yeah. because of the congested schedule and stuff with the way that MLS is back and, and you had MLS and then you also looked it up. It was, it was Copa America. That's what uh, it was. That, that, that he was in. Yeah. That's what it was. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it all started there and it came crashing down. The defense was awful. Um, and then when the defense couldn't do anything, then the attack went quiet. And that was more, that was more of like Nani just 
Nani's age. Like Nani's getting to the point where he can't play full 90 games or full 90 matches. Um, it's, it's tough because he was the vocal point. Um, and when you're the focal point of, of an attack and you have to sit half the games towards the end of the season, it's brutal to watch just because he was just not active. Um, when he did play, it was like he was laboring. He wasn't playing as well as he had been. Because, Jordan, you remember when we were talking early on, it was like May or June, and we were talking about him up there with MVP candidates. I mean, he was on the outskirts, kind of like, you know, looking at Carlos and looking at Hani, but it was kind of that same idea that he had created so much for this team. Um, but then, again, when he had to go down uh, and he was not playing on decision day, and it, it was just a disaster of not playing the playoffs – as much, uh, you know, it, it, it really was bad. Chris Mueller regressed, I think, somehow got a move out. I, I don't really understand that one. I don't think he played as well. DK came back and was playing well. But, again, those attacking players just kind of fizzled, to be honest. Um, and that's where most of the problems went. I mean, you couldn't score goals. You couldn't defend. And that's why the – I mean, we were, seriously, we were like double our, our goal differential. And then all of a sudden, I think we almost finished even is what you said. So – it's brutal, but looking forward, you said, like asking what I'm looking forward to. Facundo Torres, I think, is going to be a star in this league. Uh, it might take him a little bit. Yeah, you're going to get a kit? You're going to get a <laughs> Torres kit here? Yeah, I, I it, it's he's one of those guys that like I'm seriously like considering getting it because I, I love the name Torres. I, I think every Torres that I've ever watched is, is you know, Garner is one of the best players. I, yeah, you're, one of yours was one of them, unfortunately. But um but yeah, any kind of Torres, uh, I'm, all, I'm always all in for just because there's they've got promise for some reason. It's a good last name to have, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Facundo coming in. Eric Ancara got hurt um, in the training, and I texted you like it was the end of the world because I thought it was the way that they played it off. It sounded like he blew up his leg. He had it like wasn't good. Angle. The video was like them was helping bad. him off. Yeah. They were like helping him yeah. limp. That was not good. It was like me yesterday bringing in the groceries. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> helping you in. Yeah. Like, man, I don't my know wife if... to help me get it. I don't know if I can carry any more groceries in, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it 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 was it it. I'm excited for Facundo. I think it's a great signing. Uh, he's Argentinian little striker or not a striker, a little midfielder winger could play nine. I guess if you really wanted to as a false nine, but. Not a striker. I don't know why I said that, but um, yeah, midfield comes inside a lot. Really good with the ball. They, there's a lot of people that are tweeting about him. Um, the media got to go up to a bunch of their preseason games, and some of the fans did too. And they said that he was just on a different level, and you could tell he's already on that different level, which is really nice to hear because you know a young guy like that's going to have a hard time coming over here sometimes. Um, but Facundo Torres, Car is really interesting. I'm actually really excited for Pato because the one game that I did go watch him play against Atlanta United. He First looked, game of the season. <laughs> yeah. he, made, he made like great runs. He looked threatening. He got a couple shots on goal uh, that uh, Guzan had to save. Like he looked like he was going to be something. And all of a sudden he came up with that knee problem. And you're like, that was no contact. That was awful. Um, but I, I mean, I do. I think, I think Orlando is going to be, pretty decent in attack. If Aircon can figure it out, I think they won't really miss much of a beat because DK wasn't here the whole season last year. I do think a lot of their issues are going to still stem from that health of that back line. I don't know. Joao Matinho, again, was limping around and in a, like a boot the other day, so that doesn't sound good, and I just don't think he'll ever stay healthy. So, you know, you got to kind of fill in a spot there um, where, you know, I think Kyle Smith does a fantastic job. Uh, Galese is one of the best keepers in the whole league, and I think you got two of the best center back pairings, you know, one of the best center back pairings in the league. Um, 
you know, between Janssen and Antonio Carlos, those are really good center backs. Um, but it's all about staying healthy. And it's all about can the midfield also produce. And I think you're gonna, we're finally going to get to see Andre Perea play well, um, which will be fun to kind of watch that too. But lots to look forward to. I'm looking forward to goals, hopefully, because that, that's been kind of an issue over the last couple of months when you've been an Orlando City fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I hope that they're going to do well. You know, I, I've always talked about it, the soft spot the team has uh, from when I was there in 2015. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how it goes. I, I like the moves they made, you know, and the Wolves are putting the money where the mouth is right now, and we'll see how that continues. But, yeah, they they should start bringing in some defenders. I don't think Alese will be there much longer either. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. No, I think I'm pretty sure there was reports saying he's he's on his way out in the summer. Maybe I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, One of the big clubs will get him. Uh, yeah, too good to be there. All right, let's uh, let's move on then. Again, we'll put we'll put them in their proper place uh, on Thursday. FC Dallas finished eleventh in the West, forty-seven goals scored, fifty-six allowed. Uh, the defense was not good. Pepe, on the other hand was great, but now he is in Augsburg. And, uh, you know, Pomacal is, is constantly had injury issues and issues trying to, you know, reach the level that people think he should be at. Jesus Ferreira had a great season with eight goals and eight assists, but they just could not get it going. They end up parting ways with Lucci and, uh, you know, move on to Nico Estevez for – their their new head coach so uh he was with the columbus crew for a bit as an assistant and working under greg berhalter um apparently he likes the 4-3-3 um we're gonna have fiera playing as a false nine it seems like for for a bit but uh they brought in areola right but they've lost Justin Chi, Brian Acosta, Ryan's Hollinghead, who gets transferred to LAFC on a trade for Marco Farfan. And, of course, like I mentioned, Pepe's gone. They bring in Alan Valesco, who played for Independiente over in Argentina, 19 years old. Um, and then, like I said, Paul Areola, who came over in $2 million of allocation money. So what do you think, Logan? What What – should we look forward to uh, what should Dallas fans look forward to here? Uh, and then Dallas fans, if he gets anything wrong, just feel free to let us know and uh, let us Don't know. Go after the ratings, just go after me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one running the account on Twitter. At usually, Stump so. Logan or at Stateside <laughs> Show. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm the one tweeting usually. So you can just go after me on that. And then Jordan has to back me off of people that are, uh, that I like to argue with. Um, but no, it, it, it's, I think, I guess, starting from the beginning, I, I guess if you look at Nico Estevez, that's a huge signing, I think, for Dallas. They needed somebody in there. Lucci just wasn't it. Um, and you talked about that a ton last year, Jordan, because he got, he came up and was in constant conversations with U.S. men's national team uh, about possibly taking over for Greg if that ever went south. Uh, that seemed to be the guy that a lot of people were pegged as. They like, also, hey, that's they the also wanted him as uh, like the U23 guy. Yes. I think he got hired there, didn't he? I, I forget to, I forgot to follow um, exactly where he went, but I do think he ended up in the U S men's national team ranks. I think he's just an assistant. Yeah. But I think he's in the system now. 
I don't know. You can look that up while I'm talking. I'm, but, I am. Yep. Go yeah. ahead. Um, Estevez. Assistant coach. Okay. Yeah. Um, Estevez, Jordan, I think you'll like this one. This was interesting to me. Uh, and actually, they had him on stoppage time because they're doing a Black History Month, um, which was pretty brilliant. Uh, I give him credit for that. But um, they were talking to him. And Estevez was talking about the fact that uh, under Greg Berhalter, he had met a bunch of the guys as far as the U.S. men's national team were concerned. So he had worked with Pepe uh, and, and guys like that. Uh, and then another one that was really interesting, he was, uh, I guess, uh, huge in the Eunice Musa stuff. Um, he was one of the reasons why Eunice decided to play with the U.S. men's national team um, and not – where was he – wanting to go like what was the other team he was eligible for england and i think he was eligible for another country i think france that's what i thought yeah i knew i thought it was the big three but um yeah i, I think it was interesting just because sfs had such a huge role in recruiting him so i think that you know fc dallas does have that advantage where i think that you know you put this manager in front of a player and he says hey this is what i've got this is the system i'm currently running this is what we can do for you i think that's interesting i think it's also interesting because he used he's so good with youth and that's what you need to be with fc dallas is you need to be good with youth because that's you know that's the farm system of the of the south for all the european clubs so it, it is it it'll be fun to see estevez talking about their team if you're looking at exciting pieces with pepe gone they're really going to need some help um I guess kind of fortifying that attack. I don't know if Jesus Ferreira is really going to be it. Alan Velasco is coming over. I watched a bunch of his tape today. Um, there's like a 15-minute mix that's really good on YouTube of all his skills. It's really good with the ball at his feet, but he's not really going to provide a lot of scoring, I don't think. Like, I think it's kind of that similar case of Obreon, who they brought over last season. I think it's going to be that same kind of thing. 19-year-old kid, Alan Velasco, he's going to have a learning curve. I, kids don't typically come over here and learn it very quickly. I could be wrong, Jordan. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but it tends to seem that like the 19, 20, 21 year olds all really tend to struggle coming over here and they just become pretty average MLS players before they then make that move. Uh, I think it really depends on the on the player themselves. Yeah. I mean, Al Marone came over and was yeah. just on fire right away. Yeah. But I think if you look at the success of the younger players, if you look like a Brenner, I know he's got a you know just the one year underneath his belt, but they they do they have a really tough time adjusting. And I think what I mean by you know it really depends on the player is we're not mm -hmm. sure. All it, it's almost like I don't want to keep bringing up baseball analogies, but like yeah. sometimes you have a prospect that's a can't miss prospect that actually ends up busting. Mm -hmm. And I, I think sometimes that's what it could be. Like if Brenner can't figure it out here, it doesn't mean he's going to go somewhere else and figure it out either but that's the that's what we kind of talked about with uh chris smith right when we had him on is that that's what's so much so great about soccer right is like if he does fail here he can go back to brazil or wherever and probably end up putting on a good career because you know they're each league is at a different level so really i guess he could find success somewhere else but it doesn't mean that he'd be able to make it at a higher level and when you talk about brenner was being looked at by like overseas people if he's struggling here i'm not sure he would be able to like just pick it up in england right away or yeah. german you know what i'm saying like so i guess it really depends on what the player is made of and what and, and what they're able and maybe how they feel sometimes being away from home is is the hang up right mm -hmm. uh you know jordan morris didn't want to go over there because of his uh dog and his diabetes and stuff like that he wanted to be closer to his family and that means hey he probably could have done well over there but maybe 
if he's depressed or whatever, he wouldn't, right? Like, it could lead to all sorts of things. So I don't want to kind of blanket it of, like, all young players are going to struggle. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's it, he could struggle because, you know, maybe he's far from home. Maybe he's not feeling it or maybe the system isn't right or yeah. you know we Just don't really the language know. yeah right language is a huge thing with a lot of the south american kids they come over i mean it imagine could over, that it'd be like a your own and just come yeah. over and tear it up and then you're like oh okay right but imagine that like being 18 or 19 years old and you have no social life really because you don't speak anybody's language and then you just think everybody's making fun of you and the way that you speak and the way you carry yourself and it doesn't help that you know other guys are adjusting and these 18 and 19 year olds have learned the language because they've been around americans a lot so it's like you know it's tough to i think it's a tough adjustment this league's tough though and i and i think that's another thing that i, I think people just are starting to like not really realize is that this is a tough league to get adjusted to um the travel is a bear there's that's no other the league thing. like it yeah like travel is a nightmare compared to i mean south america they're playing within their own countries and there's not really huge countries in south america that are anywhere close to being close to the us and travel distance i think the biggest you know, I'm not even going to guess because then I'm making it sound like an idiot. Maybe it's Argentina <laughs> or Brazil. I can't think of which one's the biggest because Argentina Brazil's goes bigger, like I think. Is uh, it? But, well, that's a good question. But I, I believe size-wise it is. Um, Largest country in South America. We do have this thing called Google. That's what I was about to do. Okay. Largest country in South America is Brazil. Uh, oh, with, Argentina. Oh, by a lot. Yeah. Uh, by miles, I guess is what they're going yeah. by here. Square miles. Uh, it's 3.288 million square miles, while Argentina is 1.074 square miles. So yeah, so yeah, that. But I don't think it's not, I, that can't be right. It's about population. No, it just oh, says it's square miles. Yeah, square miles. Good lord, yeah. that sounds that sounds intense. Oh, how big the U.S. is? Why does that sound like so much? <laughs> I think because I'm thinking miles too. Uh, yeah, we uh, USA is 3.797 million square miles, so there you go. But the thing is, uh, all of our clubs are spread out, yeah, pretty massively. Uh, I'm not sure what the case is in Brazil. I think Russia would probably be another one that's tough if they're not. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Russia, I think, has a lot of areas that are not inhabited, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not really sure how that works, but yeah, it, it could be really tough for especially the differences in the like in the usa when it comes to where you're traveling right like if he comes here and he's in dallas right but then he goes up to new england and snowing and then he goes over to portland and it's raining and then he you know goes to back and it's a into like the desert area right or something yeah yeah, i mean there's different levels to you know, they're going all over the place. And then like the cultural differences in each of the areas of the U S too, where maybe he comes across different things, right? Like it's very tough for young, for young kids, for sure. That are not from here, you know, right. cause if you're from here, I feel like as a young kid, you've probably been playing across the country your whole life and mm-hmm. tournaments and stuff. But mm-hmm. if you're coming from outside of the U S and having to adapt, it could be tough. Yeah. I think Paul Ariola too, is a really good addition. Obviously, I think he's one of the better players, you know, when healthy in this league. I think that he does things that a lot of other guys can't. He creates a ton on the wings. My biggest issue is uh, with Dallas. I mean, I really am. I, I'm really concerned about where they're going to score. And then trading Ryan Hollingshead. Ryan wanted to go back to L.A. because of, his, you know, family. He's closer to family. I mean, this guy's 
a veteran in this league, and he's struggling with the fact that he's not close to family. So just imagine a young kid that doesn't even speak the language, has nobody here, comes over and tries to learn this league. But uh, yeah, Ryan Hollingshead, huge loss. I, I know Marco Farfan's pretty good defender, but I, I Ryan Hollingshead has been like a staple in that Dallas defense, and he's you know been thrown in as one of the defenders in this whole league, better defenders in this whole league, um, and was becoming one of the best right backs. Um, with Dallas, which is really tough because it's not a very good team to become a really good player with um, over the last couple of years. So, again, it, you know, he's always been around these young guys. He's having to coach up these young guys. He's going to have to do it again here. Jesus Ferreira, we've we've seen this time and time again. I really want him to be successful. I'm always rooting for people, but it just seems like he just doesn't have that next level. Like, it seems like he's a good MLS player, and that's just kind of what you get with him. And I think that's fine. I, yeah. I think we have to stop thinking of some of these right. young kids as they are going to become U.S. men's national team players. I think mm-hmm. sometimes we have to look at these players and think they're going to become good MLS players. Right. I think they're – I and I, as a union fan, that's what I kind of think of too. Like, okay, if we never – we don't want to ship out every single good player, right? Like because mm-hmm. then you, you, the it's on you to try to find another one, right? You're yeah. like, okay, now we got to find the next one. we got to find – but if you can make one that's – like again, I want to do another baseball analogy here. You know, when you when you have a homegrown player that you picked first in the draft, like look at Ryan Zimmerman, right? He mm-hmm. just retired. He was a national his whole life. You need that too as an MLS fan because you don't want to just be like, oh yeah, I got a jersey of Brendan Aronson. He played yeah. for us for two years before he went overseas. Look how cool I am. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, but what did he do for the union? Not yeah. much, really. I mean he scored some goals, had some assists, but like, you know, you also need the players that are going to stay here and play for them. And I think Jesus Ferrer can be one of those. I think he can just play for Dallas his whole career and become a legend. And we need our own Mm -hmm. legends here as well. Jordan Morris. (laughs) Yeah. Like you just had that conversation, Jordan Morris. I mean, that's who he become Matt Turner. That's who he's become. He's getting a chance to go somewhere else as his career is starting to hit a point where if he's not going to make a move, it's going to be never. Um, but Paul Ariola tried the same thing. Paul Ariola had never been that guy. Like he, and he still is never going to be that guy, but he is that guy for DC United or was that guy for DC United. Now he's going to become that guy for Dallas. He's a lifer, but there's nothing wrong. Like, like you said, Jordan, like if you look at England, not all of them are English national players. Right, like, it's exactly. not how you have to think about this. Not like, every U S player that yeah. plays in MLS is going yeah. to become a U.S. men's national team star, right. and that's fine. We we have to be able to have the statues we can build eventually for the players that are successful here mm-hmm. and the players that are lifers here because that's what keeps the casual fans around, the casual fans that want to go buy a jersey, want to make sure it's a player that's going to be there a while, right? They don't want uh, to – like I've been trying to buy a Wizards jersey for the NBA, and guess what? Uh, they're in such a state right now, the Wizards, mm-hmm. where I don't feel safe buying anybody because they keep trying to uh, trade everybody. And, uh, you know, th- the same thing could be said for, for MLS. You know, like if you're looking mm-hmm. at some of these players that have left uh, or got switched around, you know, but like I guess my safest one for the union right now would be Bedoya, right? That's where, what I was like, thinking. Like yeah. that's literally your safest ones. But – because guess what? Paxton's probably moving on at some point. Um, McGlynn's probably moving on at some point. Leon Flock. <laughs> yeah. Right, like, right. This goes on. So, Ty Wagner, like you've got but, no choice. But eventually for U.S. soccer to be good too, like you said, you're going to have to have players that are just good MLS lifers that yeah. 
and and the thing is for that to still happen we still have to be able to that that's why we have to keep on raising the salary and stuff because yes, some of these players agreed. that are just good MLS lifers yeah. can't survive on that so we have to keep on upping that stuff because um you know like we're not at that off. level still <laughs> that one is the only one that fell off and as we're doing it but yeah no you're right like that, that that's that's the next step and we know that's coming like we know we've talked to people in the league i know chris smith has alluded to it he says it's coming like that that salary bump you're getting these huge owners and they're gonna they're gonna increase the salary and I, that's not a bad thing like that's a good thing for this league uh, they're not going to go insane like that that the, the league has never felt like it's going to do what you know it, it could do what like the premier league and then do where they start to just you know hoard all of these really rich owners that don't care about the league uh, I don't think MLS is headed down that path, whether that's Garber or not. I, I think it's been a big, I think it's a, bit of a big thing as to why I love this league so much. Like you said, Jordan, I love being able to flip on my TV and I can watch a guy that I know is going to be there, you know, for years and years to come. And I don't have to worry about him being shipped off and moved on, you know, like a Wuhan, like a, you know, Galese. I mean, I like watching those guys. I like having, but they're good MLS players. I hate that, you know, it gets to a point where if, if I'm a Dallas fan, I feel that way. Like they're just selling all my players. Like they, everybody that I grow to like. And very sell. young. Yes. Brian Reynolds was in the yeah. team for months. Yeah. That's it. And then he's gone. Mm-hmm. And he was Chris replacing, like, yeah. you know, he's replacing Reggie Cannon. And you're like, okay, cool. We got a Reggie Cannon comp- replacement. And then, no, we don't. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah. And then he's not even playing over there. Yeah. You know, but you made money and you're like, woohoo, we made money. But you also want to be able to, what does that get you? You you made the money, but you haven't won anything. And I think that is the issue. And we got to have a balance of, and I think we'll get there at some point, right? This is a big, ML, we'll have to do this topic in the off season next time, right? Where we have like nothing to talk about. Yeah. Is do us like an episode on just like, how do we get there? What's the game plan? And like, mm-hmm. I think at some point the goal is you're, you have an Academy, you're bringing Academy players through they're making their starts and they're either becoming talents you ship or talents you keep. And then you're also making signings from overseas. And then you're also exporting some of those and you're also keeping some of those. And that's kind of the goal. And then of course you're using all of that to try to win a title. Like that is what the best team would be doing, right? Is mm. trying to get stuff from every corner. And I feel like right now that's what the union are doing. They're bringing in the youth. They're shipping off the youth, but they're also then have other youth to bring in. Yeah. But then they're also bringing in these missing pieces from overseas. Like, Oh, we need a striker. We haven't had a, we haven't had a DP striker. Let's go get one of those mm-hmm. and try to make this push. And I think more teams will be doing that in the future. I, I think at some point, at some point the market's going to dry up where we're not able to just ship out 16, 18 year olds for 20 million. Like, like we've been doing, you know, at some point that's going to kind of dry up at a certain point, I think. Yeah. And at one point we're going to be the destination. Yes. And, and that is the ultimate goal. Yeah. 22 initiative helps under 22 Mm -hmm. initiatives huge because you can skirt the idea. Like you can sign an under 22 DP pretty much for no hit on the penalty on the books or anything. Now the quakes are keeping uh, cage because he's, they're able to give him a raise and keep Mm -hmm. him before they were like, before he'd probably just be like, well, I want to make more money. So you got to get rid of me. Yeah. They're able to keep him for like maybe another two years and Mm -hmm. then they can make them sell him for even more money, you know? And that's, that's 
you know, these rules are going to keep changing. I think the next bargaining is in 2026, right? So yeah. we're going to get more or 2028. I forget what year it was, um, but we're going to get more of that stuff. Let's move to the last team that we have to talk about, a team that actually has statues of players outside of their stadium. The LA Galaxy, eighth in the West, 50 goals scored, 54 allowed. They started off really good. Um, Chicharito got injured at a certain point, and the team just kind of fell apart at a certain point. But ultimately, I think still an improvement under Greg Vanny, and I think we can kind of see a path forward for the galaxy and really it came down to just decision day, which it has like the last three seasons for them. And I think this year is the year that they have to get over that hump. They have to get over the decision day hump. And if I'm an LA galaxy fan, what I would want is to make sure that we lock in our playoff spot before decision day. Mm -hmm. I do not want it coming. If it comes back down to the last day, if I'm a galaxy fan, I'm like, here we go again. We're going to find some way to screw it up. And I'm sure that'll go in some of the heads of the players as well, you know, or, or any players that have been there through those other years where they're like, I can't believe we let it get back down here. They were third for most of the season. Yeah, a long third. time. And they yeah. will fall to eighth, right? Mm -hmm. uh, right outside the playoff spot. So let's talk about the players they've lost. Eric Lopez, goalkeeper. Nico Hamelainen, if I said that right. Hamelainen. Goalkeeper Justin Vomstieg. Jonathan Dos Santos, Kai Kornerick, uh, Augustine Williams, Daniel Acosta, O'Neill Fisher, Ethan Zubak traded to Nashville, Daniel Stairs traded to Houston, Sebastian Legette traded to the Revs. They bring in Kelvin Leardom as a free agent, Raheem Edwards as a free agent, Richard Sanchez, Victor, Va Victor Vaquez, uh, Vasquez is a re-signing, Mark Delgado traded from Toronto and Douglas Costa coming in from Gremio, uh, which is a pretty big signing. Uh, he was on loan at Gremio um, from Juve. Uh, but since they're having some troubles with finances, he's going to have to find another way there. So he's going out to LA and we have Chicharito, hopefully back in form and, you know, Greg Vanny, the Chicharito whisperer, maybe. He got him back in form and got him playing very, very well last year. What are your thoughts here on the LA Galaxy? And uh, yeah, I guess let's leave it at that. What are your thoughts for the LA Galaxy here? I know we want to leave our placing till uh, Thursday, but this one's tough because, like, I am rooting for Chicharito. But the last time, beside, I mean, last year he played 21 matches. That's that's not enough. Not for a team that wants to be a playoff team. This is like the, the Nani situation, but worse because they don't have anything else. Like when you look at this team, I'm concerned. Like I've got some concerns. One, the defense, it didn't get fixed. They brought in Kevin Kelvin Leardham. That, that's not a fix. That's just like, a uh, well, there's a defender and he's played in this league. Maybe he works. That That's never going to be a fix. He never was a fix. I, I don't think that's good uh, in front of goal. I'm really concerned about the defense because their defense was abysmal last year. Uh, Jonathan Bond, if you go back and look at the tape, he saved them probably 10 to 15 goals, which is wild for how many shots that were put on goal against the Galaxy. There were times, Jordan, where he was standing on his head, 
eating, you know, spaghetti and, and doing like the, the Harlem shake all at once while saving goals. I mean, it, there, there becomes a point where you have to lock that up, but I don't think they did much to really do that. Like, you got rid of Sebastian Legette, who I thought in a midfield was actually pretty decent at tracking down balls and getting, you know, defensive when he needed to. They lose Ethan Zubak, who actually played pretty well when he came on as like a super sub kind of role, but also could fill in in situations where he was needed. Um, but, you know, I, I don't I, it's it's really strange to me, like the, the signings they made didn't make sense. They're neighbors to the south. I think they are and LAFC probably had the best offseason, if not one of the best, then it was second best because of Insigne, but they had a good offseason. I'm not sure like Galaxy did. I mean, if you're looking at this roster, they do bring in Douglas Costa, who had, you know, experience playing with Bayern. He's had experience in Europe where he's been successful, but 31 years old. I mean, that's – and a guy that hasn't really truly played well for, for, for a little bit of time. So, you know, he's gone on loan where he hasn't played very well from Syria. I think he was in where they loaned him back to Brazil and in Brazil, he wasn't doing much. So it's strange because this, this team is a team that has been a historic team who has been uh, probably the, the name that everybody knows because of Zlatan, because of, you know, the guys like Landon that have played well uh, back home. Like you got, you had these guys that played extremely well in the past, but this team, like it, the ground kind of fell off the map you're looking at, uh, you know, maybe Raheem Edwards can play pretty well for them. But I, I don't know. I've still got a lot of question marks with this team. Um, and I was reading through Christmas stuff, too. And it's the same thing with him. Uh, I was reading through his. I was listening to an L.A. Galaxy podcast. They're a little bit more high on this team because of the the Douglas Costa thing. And there's a lot of guys that were high. But if you go look at predictions and stuff that came out today with extra time and you look at the things that are being said, and we could be wrong, like, it, but I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't see where this team got any better. And if Chicharito's hurt, they're screwed. Like if he's got to miss, you know, 10, 15 games again, which he hasn't played during the last, I was looking at his stats. The last time he's played a full, I don't think he's ever played a full season in his whole career. Like if you look back, it's, and it's unfortunate because I love the guy to death, a, a nice guy. seems like he's really had some problems with some mental illness that he's been able to fight against in some really tough situations, which I, you know, all props to him, and I, and I love Chicharito. I root for him. But if you look, his last somewhat close to normal season was back in the Prem and maybe in Bundesliga. That was back in, like, 2017, 2015 with Leverkusen. Never really played that much, and he's not ever really scored that much either if you really look back at it. So I don't know. I, I, I feel you probably, you probably feel better about them than I do, but I just don't see it. Like, I don't see where this team's going to be any better than they were last year. They're going to concede a lot of goals again. I don't see that changing. And I don't think they're going to score as much this year. You nailed it. I am uh, much higher on them than you. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't have them as world beaters here, but I do have them as uh, making the playoffs. And the reason why I'll say that now it's because I feel like if I say that every year, I'm going to be right one of these times <laughs> here when, they, when they get back in here. So I don't want to. I don't want to like not say it, and then they, this be the year. So yeah. I'm I'm going to ride it out until they. I'm going to say this every year until they make the playoffs. Um, but I think they can, and I I liked what Vanny did last year with them. I think it was kind of just unlucky that they couldn't really see it out. Um, I think adding Douglas Costa is good. I I think. Uh, I'm not as down on some of these signings as you are. Um, so I, 
Look, I think that they're good enough to make the playoffs. I know the West is pretty, pretty chaotic at times, but um, I will say that much. I, I, I think that they have enough talent to get there. I don't think they were that far off last year. So I'm just thinking, okay, did they add enough to be able to get a couple more points? And I think the answer to that is yes, with Douglas Costa and, you know, some of those signings that they made. And hopefully, hopefully I'm right if, uh, you know, um, for all the LA Galaxy fans out there. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be interesting. Like, I, I just don't know. Like, I, defense is such a huge thing in this league, and they definitely did not get any better. That's where my biggest line. Like until they do something defensively, not a Kelvin Leardom signing. Um, I am not any what convinced of this team, and they lose stairs. So it's like, you know, they're replacing one with pretty much the same. So yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's just really strange off season. And the Douglas Costa thing. Like they got tons of wingers. So I don't know. Like depth is a plenty in their attack. Like. My God, the the front seven or eight that they have or tend to have uh, is insane. But after that, it's like, I mean, you can only do so much up there. Like, you you don't really need to spend a whole bunch there. Like, it's really weird. Granzier played 2,000 minutes. Cabral plays 2,000 minutes. So I don't know. Where does Douglas Douglas Costa play the midfield? Like, that doesn't make sense. I I just don't get what they did. Now, I will be an idiot to doubt Greg Vanny because of the success that he's had. That's where I kind of like almost want to retract everything I ever say because of Greg Vanny, but I won't because I just don't think this team's very good. Chicharito's not going to have a 17 goal season. There's no way. Not again. He's never I think been he that can. successful. I don't think, I think so. he can. I but he's, he's never played in this league. I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing. Or I, in I, any I, other league. <laughs> he's just never plays. Like the guy's. Well, got, my point know. being, even on years where he played a full season or whatever, never. he <laughs> didn't he didn't have that good of a goal scoring record as he has here because I think this league is just better made for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been successful with L tree. So maybe he, that translates to the T league in the CONCACAF, but I don't know. He had really good seasons with United. I do know that. Which, yes. You know, that was never fun to watch, but <clears throat> I don't know. I love him. He's a nice guy, but I just don't. I, I think his time is is very limited. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, I do think that they'll they'll have to start spending some more. I I think their issue is their general manager. I, I think they'll have to at some point start spending some more money if they want to seriously be able to climb back to the heights that they were once. When was the last time they were good? Like seriously, like it's been one of five years. One of the last five years they made the playoffs. But like, do you remember the last like beside was it Zlatan? Was that the? No, they never made the playoffs with Zlatan. Those really? times where they got F. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they decision day with them in the butt. Those times I remember that. Um, it was Landon? a lot of a lot of years in a row. The last time that they were, what do you consider good? Is what I want to know before okay, I home answer playoff, this question. Home playoffs. A home playoff game. Uh, let's see. The last time that they would have been in a home playoff game, it looks like, would have been 2016. I want to look at the roster. Then, I'm 2016, they finished that. in third in the Eastern Conference. 
a Western Conference. 2016, you said? 2016. All right, I'm going to look at their roster from 2016 just to see how it compares to what they have now. Another thing, too, is, like, Sebastian Legette, that's a huge loss. Like, that guy just – he just knows what to do. And he, and he does it at a, at a really high level. And I think that's why Bruce likes him. And he's the legit whisperer. So, I think that's Gallup. Yeah, I, I think that's why he left. I, I don't yeah. know if he would have ever wanted to stay. Okay, so they had Robbie Keane. They had Jazzy Sardes, Giovanni Dos Santos. Landon Donovan um, returned from retirement in September yeah. that year. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He's all the way down here. That's funny. Ashley Cole, Nigel DeYoung. Yeah. Right. So, oh, Daniel Stairs when he was young. Stephen Gerard, Gerard, that was the Stephen Gerard team. AJ okay. Delagarza, Sebastian Legette, Mike McGee, Robbie Rogers, Zardes was a homegrown, Gio DeSanto, Stephen Gerard, Alan Gordon. They had a pretty good team back then. Yeah. I didn't know they had Robbie Keane over here. Yeah, he was one of the ones that, uh, he, that. he was in all of their title winning years with Beckham. Uh, in that 2011 to 2016, he scored 83 goals in 125 matches. He was one of the best DPs signings ever. That's pretty funny. So then the year after that, they finished 11th. Then they finished 7th. Then they finished 5th. Oh, they did qualify for the playoffs that year. Yeah, one out of the last five years or something like that. That they qualified. So that they did have, uh, they would have had Zlatan then, right? 2019. Mm. Was that his last year? That doesn't seem right. Oh, you know what? He was probably already gone at that point, wasn't he? Was oh, you say... know, no, no, no. I think he was there. The year before the pandemic? Let's see. I'm checking. Yep. He was the top goal scorer in the league. Okay. I thought it was 2018 for some reason because, like, we started covering 2020-ish. Like, I remember going and looking at different things in 2020 But 2018, I think, was a decision day thing. And then 2020 was decision day, I think, right, or close to it. Uh, then 2021 was decision day. So they've kind of had some rough run-ins there. <laughs> but the last time they were good, you'd say 2016, third place in the West. Right, because I like that, that's the benchmark for good, right? That's what everybody always says. Mm-hmm. Like a good season's a home playoff game, and then what you do for for them, it was probably more than that, even because people always say a home playoff game and advancing until your conference final is a good season or final. Do you know who LA's top all-time goal scorer is? There's no way that it's him, right? It's got to be Landon, isn't it? Yeah, it's Landon. I was gonna say one hundred forty-one. That's wild. What was their highest attendance? Or have they always been at a? Is there? Is there? Which one is there? Dignity or yeah? I don't know what it's called now, but a StubHub is what yeah. I always know of it, or Home Depot Center too. I think it was Dignity now. Uh, yeah, what's so. their highest? I don't even know how big that stadium is. But then they know. played a Rose Bowl game that was like absolutely insane and incredibly crowded. I don't know. 1996 was their highest attendance, 28,000. Okay, then no, that's not it. So I, I don't know where they played in 1996, though. So Coliseum, uh, probably. Probably, right? yeah. I don't think they played at StubHub or Dignity, whatever it's called. 
Dignity Health, I think, is the new one. Their uh, highest in the last few years has been in... Wow. Okay. Their highest since 2008 was 2016, that year that they were good. That last year they were good. 25,000 in 2016. Hmm. Pretty good. That's wild. And then they've got the neighbors now that are noisier than ever and I think are going to be better than they are this year. So I don't think that's much of a question. It's more of just a statement there. Okay, the answer is right here. The answer is right here. Rose Bowl until 2003 is where they Okay. Rose Bowl is huge too. Like, that's weird though that it was only, what, that had only been like one fourth capacity probably at Rose Bowl. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think the Rose Bowl seats like 60 something. Yeah. I think it seats more than that, doesn't it? Maybe 100 something. Uh, yeah, 106 is the record. Yeah. That's so the it's record. Like a, it's like a 88 is capacity. So they were well over capacity when they. I think the record one was the U.S. men's national team game. No, it was no. Uh, the Rose Bowl in 1973. That's what it says here. Taylor Twelman, I think it was, was explaining. Maybe it was somebody else. No, it may it have been another. Else. May have been another stadium though. Yeah, so the L.A. they had like a freaking game that was wild like you like people are like breaking down the stairs and stuff like because mm. it was so crowded but yeah so that's our uh that's our worries and our thoughts on la galaxy i'm more high on them like i was last year and i feel like i was vindicated with that i, I do they were very close to making the playoffs you were like their number one fan, like in a like a neutral sense. I think like you were. Mar- I just remember you being very much in their corner all year. Like, I was, yeah, because yeah. Uh, and you know what? They didn't really give me reason not to until the mm-hmm. end of the year. Like they were third for most of that season, so I felt pretty good mm-hmm. uh, until it fell apart. But um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's that's how it worked for me. I was rooting for them on decision day to be like, come on, I want to be right. I want to be right. So I'll be doing the same thing this year. I'll be rooting for Chicharito because his that interview was probably one of the best interviews I've ever seen as far as raw emotion last season. So, all righty. Um, so what do we got coming up? Like I said at the top of the show, episode one hundred and seven. We'll be recording that on Tuesday, and that'll come out Wednesday for everyone. That has Portland, Sporting, KC, Vancouver, and Nashville. Uh, then Thursday live, seven p.m. Eastern. We'll be going live for our predictions where we're going to give you the golden boot winner where each of these teams will finish because we always get that right. Yeah. Manager <laughs> of the year, golden boot. Like we're Manager always of the year, MLS on. cup winner, us open cup winner. We're going to give it all to you. Let's do it. Supporter shield. We'll figure it all out. We'll have all the answers on Thursday. Um, merchandise if you want it we're gonna be doing a giveaway on thursday for we are fooked we got magnets of this by the way they came in the mail i got one on my fridge <laughs> i love it uh and then of course if you want the curtain is open philadelphia union unofficial merchandise you can go get that i'll say that pattern looks really cool on a mug and like on a travel mug looks really good on a travel mug i was tempted i was tempted i got the shirt instead um <laughs> But yeah, if you want to give us a follow, 
on Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, or email us Stateside Show at gmail.com. It's where you can send all your complaints to Logan. Oh, yeah. Let's keep doing that. TFC, FC Dallas, Galaxy. And if you disagree with them on Orlando, I guess you can send it all your way there. But uh, yeah, thanks for everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. And just listen for some driving here. Jordan, you know, Toronto FC's got probably the best team mom situation right now. for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.